Welcome to the Lay the Course podcast, a show featuring women in business who every day are pursuing their life's passion through their work. Inspiring stories by incredible women. And now here is your host, Kelsey Stein. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. We have a very special guest, Molly Barari. She is a freelance writer, teacher, and donor recruitment representative at Vitalent, the local blood donation center. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here on this beautiful winter day in South Dakota. Yay, I love the warm weather we've been having lately. It's true. It's been really nice. (laughs) Random snowstorms once in a while, but pretty nice otherwise. Yeah. So Molly, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your work. Well, as you mentioned, I do several different things in the community. Um, Right now, I'm a donor recruitment representative over at Vitalent, and that's where I spend the majority of my days. And it's a really interesting time to be in the blood donation industry because of COVID, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a special need for blood donations right now especially with uh, convalescent plasma being a major need um, from those who have recovered from COVID. So it's been a really interesting time to be um, in the blood donation world and learning all about these different types of donations. I'm sure. Um, You mentioned blood donation in the times of COVID. How long have you been working there and what's your outreach process to get people to donate? I've been working there for the past two years, and I do focus on getting people in to donate blood. Um, I help with recruitment, and the the way that I do that is to go out into the community to speak to different groups to help educate them about blood donation. So really, education is key, Mm -hmm. and I also um, help with uh, different community events where um, I can get our name out there and to let people know that we're actually there. Some people don't even realize that there is a blood donation center in town. Mm -hmm. So getting our name out there is really important. So with your work with the blood donation center and as a writer telling people's stories, do you find a connection between the two? There definitely is a connection. The reason why we need so much blood on a regular basis is because um, people are undergoing their own series of events that brought them into a position of needing blood. Um, So there are people who have a sudden, you know, emergency where they're in an accident or they um, had to get a sudden liver transplant or organ, other organ transplant. And so they need blood and trying to capture some of those stories of what's going on with those people so that, you know, other people understand that blood is so essential is part of my role as a donor recruitment rep. Mm -hmm. So I try to really um, get their stories out there, both the people who need blood and the people who are coming in to give blood. They all have stories as to why they are doing that, why they're giving blood. Um, Maybe it's for someone who needs blood in their own life. Um, Mm -hmm. We had a gal come in who organized a group blood donation with her friends because her brother 
had been a transplant patient in the hospital and went through multiple blood transfusions. Um, so she actually did a blood drive in honor of him and several of her friends donated and they wanted to do that to show that, you know, it's needed for, for people, all kinds of people. Nice. Very, very true. Everyone that comes in has a story and helps do. Us with their story. They do. And you don't even need an appointment to give blood. You can just come in seven days a week. We're open. And you can just walk in. You might have a short wait, but if you're feeling like today's the day, just come on over and um, give it a try. We're looking for all types of blood right now. And you get a cookie, right? That's what I always see. You do. Oh, we have some of the best cookies in town. That's they what I get a cookie. <laughs> that's right. That's good. So that's um, that's really my day job is helping to bring donors into our donation center in Rapid City over at Vitalent, but I also am a freelance writer. I teach writing classes, and um, I also am a student at University of South Dakota in getting my doctorate degree in adult education. Congratulations. So I, thank you. I have a lot of different things I juggle, but I love to stay busy. Yeah. Why, what made you decide to go for your doctorate in adult and higher education? Well, I decided to do that primarily because of my the classes that I teach. And I really enjoy teaching. And I don't have a formal background in teaching. I actually have a, a master's in creative writing from Wilkes University. And so I have a writing background but I don't have a teaching, a formal teaching background. So I decided to get my doctorate to give me that foundation to help me be a better teacher. Mm -hmm. And you're teaching. So uh, I know one of your, you teach an heirlooms creative writing class. Can you go more into what that is and how long have you been doing that? I do, I teach an heirlooms creative life story writing class. So basically it's like a memoir writing class and it's for all ages of adults, but I do tend to have more older adult students mm -hmm. and it makes sense because they've lived longer lives and they have a lot of stories to tell. So in my heirlooms life story writing class, we really focus on getting those stories down onto paper mm -hmm. so that they can have, um, you know, a place where they exist and where they can be um, preserved over the generations. And we've talked before about your classes, um, but you've published a book, a book of these short stories. What was that process like? The book that I publish is actually called Dakota Heirlooms, which is a kind of play on the title of my class. And um, that came about in my MFA program at Wilkes University. I took a publishing course and in the publishing course, the actual goal was to publish a book at the end of the course. But I was also teaching my class at that time that was back in 2016 when I had just started teaching my heirlooms class um, here in the Rapid City community. 
So I thought it would be a really neat idea to actually use some of the stories from the class with the student's permission and compile those into a book. And so that's how that came to be. And it was actually published um, by one of the professors at Wilkes University. She had her own press and she was willing to publish it. That's really cool. What are the stories that your students kind of come up with in these classes? There really are um, a spectrum of stories that they write about. And many of those things are historical events that they live through. Um, in the book, there are a few stories about the 1972 Black Hills flood, oh, yeah. which was a huge event around this area. And there are also stories about um, blizzards in South Dakota history in the, in the well, I think it was 40s and 50s. There are a couple big blizzards that came through and people wrote about their experiences actually surviving those. Mm -hmm. wow. And so there's a lot of historical things they write about. And then there's a lot of um, milestones that they write about in their personal lives. Um, like the story of their marriage or their wedding day, or the story of how they developed a relationship with God, just milestones in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. So not everybody is a writer going into it. <laughs> what is your course like for people that come in thinking like, I have something I really want to share. I have a story, but I do not want to put a pen to paper. <laughs> Yes, I surprisingly have quite a few students like that who they join a writing class, but they are intimidated by writing. They really just want to get their stories down on paper. And I really encourage my students uh, to just start. You know, part of the, the problem is they don't have a safe place just to sit and start writing. Um, so once they get to my class, they realize like it really doesn't have to be perfect. They just need to start getting those words down on the paper. Yeah. And later they can go back and think about, you know, making it better and editing and improving it. But really just getting that content down is the first step. What would you tell a new student coming in if you want them to take one thing from the class? Like one of the most important things you think working on kind of getting your stories down or the therapy of it. Do you have what yeah. that one thing might be? I'm sure there's a bunch of them, but. <laughs> I think a lot of people come in feeling kind of overwhelmed because they are looking at their life from the day they were born up until the present time. And they think they need to write their entire life story and you know complete their memoir. But in my class, we really focus on taking stories from your life into smaller chunks mm -hmm. and working on, like I said, the story of your wedding day in a smaller, you know, shorter story. And we work on really writing about the events in your life that are kind of just those everyday events mm -hmm. that are special. So Maybe it's baking with a loved one, or maybe it is, um, you know, uncovering an antique in the attic. Maybe it's a story about those smaller everyday moments really that really cool. mean something. That's very cool. So before teaching then, um, you've been a freelance writer for a long time. How long have you been writing? 
I have been writing ever since I can remember. It's like really the only thing that I ever thought I was good at growing up. Um, so I started a newspaper in third grade for my classroom. And I remember actually typing those stories in my basement on an old typewriter. And you remember those advice columns in newspapers? Mm -hmm. So I actually had people in my class like ask me questions so I could give them advice in the advice column That's awesome. in the newspaper. <laughs> Do you remember any of the advice columns from third grade? <laughs> what were the type of questions? <laughs> well, I think there are some of the, you know, I have a crush on Susie. <laughs> How should I let her know? You know, third graders asking this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. That is so cool though, starting something that big at third grade and then being like, yep, this is what I love. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah, so I really, I really enjoy the chance to do some freelance writing when I can. And my favorite thing is to do feature stories on people. I love um, meeting so many different people in the community and writing their stories. Yeah, you're featured in quite a few magazines. I've seen you in Black Hills Lifestyle, Black Hills Women. Um, how many publications have you been in or... How many publications are you currently in and what are your favorite types? I've been in several. I think um, I don't really have accounts, but right now I do a lot of writing for Black Hills Lifestyle, like you said, as well as some over in the Sioux Falls area, some different um, lifestyle publications over there. And my favorite right now is Motor Market Magazine, and that one can be found locally in any doctor's office or um, other kind of business, you can find Motor Market and it's great. It features different human interest stories on people who have a hobby um, where they rebuild and restore vintage cars. It's really cool. That's usually the type of article I write about. And I get to know these characters and why they love their vintage cars so much. And it's really fascinating. That's so cool. Do you have any that stand out in your head? Any that evolved into like such a deep connection with this person restoring their car? You know, um, I really feel like every person I've written about has been fascinating in their own way. So I can't just pinpoint one. But usually um, the common theme I find is these guys have this um, hobby from a really young age and it just kind of evolves over time. So it's something that has always been with them. They're always passionate about it from a really young age. I love that. I love that that's that you can't pick one, that it is true. You pull out the uniqueness in everybody. And they all have like such different um, vehicles and different uh, cars that they love. So I get to learn about such a variety of classic cars. Very cool. So you're writing it? Feature stories for a motor magazine, lifestyle, blood donation, teaching, getting your doctorate. <laughs> what does next year look like? So 2021 um, will be a lot more of the same. I think I'm finally in my groove. You know, I really like all the different things that I'm doing right now and the variety that it provides me. But I am going to be expanding my teaching. My classes will be expanding across the region. 
and they will even be expanding a little bit across the state. I have a class coming up sponsored by the South Dakota State University Extension, and it will be um, open to anyone across the state who registers, and it will be on Zoom. So I'm really excited for that workshop because I think it really expands my audience and my student base. Yeah, giving the opportunity to people in smaller towns that don't have that resource either. Exactly. What, um, what is the workshop going to look like? Can you go into more of the structure of your classes? <laughs> yeah. Well, so in January, I'm going to have a couple of different workshops. Um, one is through community education of the Black Hills. There will be um, a class that is on Zoom and a class that's in person that you can join. And those are two-week writing workshops. Mm -hmm. And so each week we meet for two hours. And that sounds like a lot, but it goes so quickly mm -hmm. because some of that is writing time where you're actually writing and having quiet writing time. So I like to um, tell my students that we're actually going to do writing, not just hear me lecture about writing. Right. Very, very interactive. Yeah, it's very interactive. And then um, the other class will be um, through, it's called a place called On Common Ground. And that one is also going to be on Zoom in January. So I'm going to have a couple on Zoom and a couple in person. And usually the class runs for two weeks. Um, but the class that I mentioned with South Dakota State University is going to be a one-time workshop. The, the introduction of Zoom, is this how is adapting to like the different format of teaching? Yeah, it, it's so different to try to, you know, adapt to Zoom to teach a writing class. It, at first I was worried it wouldn't work out and I hadn't had much experience teaching on Zoom. Um, but I was amazed at how much my students really loved it and embraced that technology. So... I think that um, I've done a lot of the same types of writing prompts that I've given them, but when they go off and write on their own, they can go off into a space in their house. Mm -hmm. And I just tell them, come back in 10 minutes and we're gonna gather and talk about what we wrote. And so I think a lot of them feel more comfortable because they're in their own environment. I can see that. You think of like old cl classes in a classroom where you're like, I can't think of anything and they're writing, but I'm not writing. <laughs> so it might, might be relaxing to like, no, nobody's watching you in that moment. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. So you give excellent advice and it sounds like you're a phenomenal teacher. On the Thanks. flip side, what's the best of it, piece of advice you've ever received? Um. So when I teach my students how to write, I try to use advice that I was given by my own professors over at Wilkes University. Um, and learning to write, they always told us to, to really tune into our senses. And I, I really try to get my students to do that as well, to really, ex to relive those moments, to relive those memories um, by thinking about them in sensory detail. You know, how did things look to your sight? 
How did things sound to your ears? How did things taste? If, if you were writing about a memory where you were cooking with a loved one or baking Christmas cookies, how did they taste? How did they actually taste? Um, how did your favorite horse that you rode as a child, how did it feel to the touch? So really um, tuning into those sensory details will help you write better. That is so, yeah, that makes so much sense to like add to a rich story. Now, like with texting or emails or things like that, it's such like a quick condensed version of things, but to preserve memories, that is, sounds really important. <laughs> it is, it is. And it helps you make it um, more dimensional. Ah, that sounds so cool. What brought you up to the Black Hills? Oh, yeah. So I am originally from Kearney, Nebraska, and I grew up there in the Cornhusker State. Um, I came up to the Black Hills in 2008, and I came up here to uh, pursue a, a relationship that was long distance for a while. And I moved up here and the relationship didn't end up working out, but I fell in love with the Black Hills and just how stunningly beautiful it is here and all of the outdoor things there are to do. And I decided that it was really home to me. And so ever since I've stayed here and I've really been exploring the area a lot more in the pandemic, <laughs> there hasn't been as much to do and there hasn't been as much, you know, indoor activity. I've been going outside a lot more and really even falling in love with the Black Hills all over again. Nice. It is a beautiful place. And true in the pandemic, there's not as much to do, but there's so much nature, which is awesome here. <laughs> exactly. So I was lucky to meet my husband, David, um, here. And we got married in 2013. We are going to celebrate our eighth wedding anniversary on Valentine's Day. We were sappy and we got married on Valentine's Day. No, that's cool. I think that's always one of those days where it's like, what do we do? And now you can have the excuse to like make it just huge. It's like, exactly. So you uh, are a phenomenal writer. You've been writing forever. Do you read a lot? I always in my head see those tied kind of closely together, but maybe they're not. <laughs> And if so, what are your some of your favorite books that are authors? Um, so I absolutely love reading. Uh, but that being said, I don't have time to read. Um, as a doctoral student, I feel like I never have time to do the kind of reading I want to. And I really re I regret that because I love reading. And I think that reading helps you become a better writer. So the more different kinds of books that you read and different kinds of authors that you find. Um, you can learn a lot from those different writing styles. And so I really recommend to my students to read as much as possible. And my number one goal after I finish my doctorate is to um, start reading more in my spare time because I really enjoy it. And my all-time favorite author is Theodore Dreiser. And he wrote An American Tragedy and Sister Carrie, um, one of my all-time favorites. Nice. So a question for you that's kind of a broad one, but what inspires you? 
Well, um, I'm really inspired by my students and that's why I keep teaching is they are amazing. They are really incredible people. And I'm always just amazed at how um, wonderful they are at writing. And they inspire me to learn new ways of teaching writing um, because I get to see a lot of different personalities in the class. I see men and women. I see different ages of people, like I said. Um, so they are constantly inspiring me to try new things um, to improve my teaching as well. I really wanna be the best I can for them because they are incredible people and writers. They always come up with the most um, you know, impressive stories. And I always enjoy hearing everything that they write. So they, they continue to inspire me. Very cool. That's nice to find inspiration all the time in what you do. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a bad story, to be honest. Um, they, they are all unique in their own ways. There really is no such thing as a bad story. It's just they're different. You know, they're all different. Mm -hmm. And they each have their own voice for writing those stories. They have their own style. Mm -hmm. They have their own humor. They have their own set of events that happened. Mm -hmm. um, so you can really learn a lot by listening to the stories that they tell and to, you know, learning about them as people. That's great. Where do you see yourself in 10 years with all you all you're doing right now, the expansion of the classes, your kind of newfound connection and love with the blood donation center writing? It's your the whole it seems like the whole core of what you do is like people, which I think is so yeah. I definitely feel like I'll still be trying to work with people and um, I really enjoy helping people, whether that's helping them tell a story, whether that's helping um, in the blood donation center capacity where I'm helping bring in people who are then, you know, in turn helping people in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I really do enjoy being a helper and I, I think I will continue to be in the educational realm in some capacity, um, because even in the blood donation role that I'm in, I am out there educating people on all the different facets of blood donation and why they do need to come in on a regular basis. So everything I do kind of has people at the core and education at the core. And I think those will continue to be themes in my career. And I, I hope they will. I think that's great. And I think it's the 10-year question, uh, not necessarily in 10 years, did you accomplish that? But the fact that you do have those goals for the future or like moving forward towards something. Yeah, I'm just trying to be really open mm -hmm. to whatever comes my way. And, you know, sometimes that might be something completely different than I ever imagined, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Well, Molly, it's been so great to talk to you today. And do you want to share with us where we can find you, learn more about these classes, and donate blood? Yeah, absolutely. You can always go to my website at mollyberrari.com to learn about the different classes I have coming up. 
and to join my email list, which um, I do send out emails before classes coming up as well. And um, you can also go to Vitalent, V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T.org to sign up to donate blood. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you and everyone have a wonderful 2021. Thank you for listening to the Lay the Course podcast brought to you by Vela Creative Co. Connect with us at laythecoursepodcast.com or on Instagram at laythecoursepodcast. Until next time.